Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. All right, we're back and we are still talking about bad stuff. Not bad stuff. We're talking about the dark side of interpersonal communication, which is, of course, my favorite area to kind of just wrap myself inside of. And we've been doing it for the past few weeks. Today, we are going to be talking about something that is hopefully just as fun and entertaining as what we did last week with our guest. Um, we, we talked about the friend zone last time. And now we're going to sort of move into a different kind of not so healthy relationship. Specifically, we are going to be talking about toxicity and toxic relationships and to join me here we have soon to be doctoral candidate uh callie graham callie thanks for uh joining the pod yes i'm so excited to talk about toxic relationships like ooh, i'm ready to go <laughs> good i'm ready to go too and uh callie is yet another uh product of arizona state university that is of course the growing trend i'm running out of asu people to recruit for this show at some point, I'm going to have to expand my horizons. Um, but uh, before we get started, I, I'd like if you could just take a moment to do what all of my guests do and just sort of introduce yourself, talk about sort of your background and your history and how you got to studying something as interesting and niche as toxic relationships. Yeah, so uh, my name's Callie Graham, like the cracker. I have to say that everyone who knows me knows I introduce myself like that. Uh, I started studying communication in my undergrad and actually started with a public speaking class. And my professor was like, you should check out communication. And then I took an interpersonal communication class and I was hooked. Um, I went through my master's program and my thesis was about uh, <laughs> abusive behaviors in vampire human romantic relationships. So think like uh, the Vampire Diaries, the originals, Twilight, mm. all of those kinds of depictions um, showing abusive acts as acts of love. And <laughs> I know it's like okay. that's out there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and then I actually was never going to get a Ph.D. And I found out I actually really enjoy doing research when it's a topic I care about. <laughs> so. Throughout the past couple years, I've been exploring the dark side and just kind of landed on toxic romantic relationships because that's not really a term that's used in academic research, but out there in the world, everyone's using it. So we need to connect and make a bridge here. Like, what does this mean? Mm. Well, first of all, let me start by saying I think that the, the jump from vampire to toxicity is very natural and organic. So from a career trajectory standpoint, I think you're, you're in a good place. But yeah, I think that you hit on something really important that a lot of my guests on here kind of also do, which is this is something that in what we call the lay world, this is something that's very prevalent. And it's a phrase that's used constantly. But in the academia, like like you know, scholars just have this awful habit of just being behind times uh, for whatever reason. And I'm, we don't have the time to get into that. But the point is, <laughs> it's an area that needs to be studied. So I'm glad that you're bringing some attention to it. Um, I think we need to start. <laughs> I think we need to start before before we rip on academia too much. I think we need to start <laughs> by talking a little bit about uh the defining characteristics of such a relationship. So can we just start with the very basics? Can you 
talk a little bit about what it even means to be experiencing a toxic relationship? Like what makes a, let's say romantic relationship, what makes that toxic? So romantic relationships in particular have varying degrees of toxicity, but the basic elements present are behaviors that are designed to attack someone emotionally or even physically through manipulation and control tactics, preying on someone's affection of them, um, trying to exert their will over their partner. For your own reflection, you might have a lowered self-esteem, lowered self-efficacy, and a lot of times toxic relationships are characterized by a drain in energy. Like you just feel depleted. Um, there's oftentimes, especially in romantic relationships, the most glorious highs where everything is wonderful and amazing, and then the most perilous lows where it is the end of the world. Mm. But also present in toxic romantic relationships is this intense draw to one another despite all of the pain and suffering they cause each other. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So first of all, it sounds like you're describing my stock portfolio, super great highs and terrible lows. Um, but from a relational standpoint, I find it very interesting that yes, of course, like when we think of a toxic relationship, we think about negative behaviors that harm the relationship, either intentionally or unintentionally. But I think the, the big thing that you just touched on here is this huge, this pull, this magnetic infatuation that occurs between the players in such a relationship. It makes me think um, uh, when, when Lucy was on here last week, we talked a little bit about the different love styles. This makes me think a little bit about like mania. Um, or, or perhaps even ludic love where you're playing games, you are, um, you know, ob obsessive and intense. Think about the preoccupied style, according to attachment theory for a review of that. See Dr. Guerrero's, uh, episode way back in season one. But is that the sort of thing you mean when, when you're, when you're talking about that attraction? So there are a few ways to look at this. One of them, I'm so glad that you brought up love styles because I was absolutely blown away when I discovered there's actually a theory about love addiction. So similar to substance addiction, you can quite literally be addicted to a person. Um, with people who are suffering from love addiction, they engage in maladaptive behaviors so they can be in contact with the person that they love and that they're addicted to. Mm. Um, so, it's really interesting because the reward centers of the brain of someone who is using substances and someone who is love addicted, same activation, a lot of overlap. But the hard part about love addiction is that there are these normal pro-social chemicals also activated. So oxytocin and another chemical that facilitates pair bonding. Mm. So it's you are quite literally chemically addicted to this person, which could be a reason why it's so difficult for people to leave those relationships. They've become reliant on them. And when they try to exit, they literally go through withdrawals. Wow. That's wow. That's something I did not know. That's very interesting. Um, so, so much in the way that like an alcoholic uh, finds a way to get to the bar, uh, someone who's love addicted finds a way to engage with their toxic partner, even through the risk of these negative consequences. Do I have that right? 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like they know that the partner is not good for them and the relationship is bad for them, mm. but they can't help it. Like they have to contact that person. Okay, I got you. Okay, so then it, it's nice to talk about, like when I hear my students talk about this sort of thing, I get the same uh, like drawn out response every time of like, oh, this person was just toxic and I had to get rid of them. And so I'll say like, well, what do you mean? And that, well, you know, they were just very toxic. So it's kind of this like broad, like, you know, repeating myself, like they were toxic and, and, and this and that. Um, but I want to get a little bit more specific on this show. So maybe can, can we talk about some of the specific, I don't know, like mechanisms of toxicity? Like what are the specific, like the behaviors or perhaps the mental states that we might expect to see out of somebody who's in a toxic relationship? Yeah, definitely important. The behaviors that you should be looking out for. So in a lot of relationships, excessive amounts of jealousy is something to look for. So, this might be not wanting you to go out with your friends or not wanting you to see your family members and isolating you from other people. It's more than just, hey, send me your geolocation so I can pick you up at the bar if you guys need a ride, right? Versus I'm going to know your geolocation at all times. There's there's differences there in the, the use of technology and surveillance and spying and keeping an eye on your partner. So if your partner is like monitoring your social media like crazy, they're mad about a snap stream you have with someone or you hearted someone's Instagram photo, be aware of those kind of possessive behaviors because that's an indication that they want to control you. And a lot of toxic relationships are about manipulation and control. Um, another behavior to look out for is kind of what we talked about previously, the highs and the lows, the hot and the cold behavior. So, you know, you're hot, then you're cold, you're yes, then you're no, that exactly that. Um, <laughs> yeah, great, had to throw great Katy Perry reference. <laughs> Thank you. Just giving away um, what generation we're a part of. Just absolutely. I know. I was like, they should know that. I know um, it. <laughs> there. Um, but this very much, I'm super into you. I am on you all times. And then don't touch me. Mm. I don't want anything to do with you. Those are also signs that something's not good here. Something's not right. Mm. Um, an important one that we need to discuss is gaslighting. Oof. That mm. is like the number one manipulation and control tactic that people engage in. So gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation that makes the target question their own reality, question the validity of their thoughts and their feelings. Um, so if you catch your partner, you know, sexting someone and you, you have proof, you've seen it with your own eyes, you know, maybe you took a picture with your phone, you were like, hmm, I know. They might just straight up deny it. I never did that. Was it me? I don't know what you're talking about. There's another reference. Wasn't me. As you call me on the counter. Wasn't me. <laughs> Again, yeah, just a like very that. millennial song. <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> uh, but it's basically they will make you question your sanity. And that also leads to decreased self-esteem and decreased self-efficacy. So with a lot of gaslighting going on, your friends might observe you and say, you're you're kind of a shell of the person you once were. Um, 
so it's really important to you know, perception check with people outside of your relationship. If you think your partner is gaslighting you and making you doubt your sanity, talk to your friends, talk to your family. Uh, you know, if you need to talk to a counselor, it's, it's important that you are aware of these tactics because believe me, someone, you know, has experienced a toxic mm. romantic relationship. Right. Right. And, uh, just a couple of quick reminders, uh, so much of what you've talked about are things that we've alluded to on previous episodes. For example, checking in with the network, seeing what other people think. Remember a couple weeks ago, we had Dr. Catherine Fiorion to talk all about the influence of the network and how balancing time between the self, the partner, the network, and all those intricate role players is an important part of relational development. And so what you're saying, I think, to summarize is that if you are with somebody who actively inhibits that that balance that ratio that's a clear red flag and it's something to look out for i think yes, that's a, a very important point absolutely and um, especially with with um with the gaslighting because it's a very common tactic uh, that we see in abusive relationships but it's also a common tactic that we see in toxic relationships and of course many um, abusive relationships, if not all, are toxic, but you can be in a toxic relationship without any of that abuse actually occurring. And so these are good, important things to, to look out for, to dig our heels into as evidence that, that we may be in this sort of relationship. Yes. And there's one more behavior. It's a, a cyclical behavior that I want people to be aware of. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase love bombing. Mm. So in theory, love bombing sounds great. You are showered with affection and gifts and compliments in a very short period of time. But what tends to happen is quickly following this love bombing or this idealization of your, the partner comes the devaluation comes the criticisms, comes the name calling, comes the you're worthless. And then it can be followed by discarding. So like leaving the relationship or prompt, like trying to get you to leave the relationship through gaslighting, lying, exploitive behaviors. And then some people get out and they stay out. Mm -hmm. But people who are toxic sometimes hoover, meaning after some time has passed, they come back in to try to suck you back into the relationship. And it might do this through more love bombing mm -hmm. and the cycle continues. And I think we've so, all experienced that, right? With the person who's texting and saying, oh, I miss you so much. Nobody, nobody treats me the way that you treat me, that sort of thing. And then that kind of hooks you back in because again, it's, um, it, it's building you back up. And then of course, unfortunately, the, the breakdown usually follows. Yes, exactly. So, so you talked a little bit about the folks who get out of these relationships. And it's important to note that, like, I know that when it, when it comes to something like, for example, toxicity, there's a lot of factors that can make a relationship toxic. I know that some people struggle with, for example, mental health issues and that, you know, as you're struggling with yourself, it can harm your relationships as well. Remember, um, you know, uh, mental mental health issues are, uh, you know, it's not something that uh, is your fault, but it is something that is your responsibility. So, um, you know, that, that all comes into play there. So how... Um, from the standpoint of someone who feels as though they are the victim of a toxic relationship, how do you pull out of that? What are some tactics that you can use to, to get out of these tough relationships? Yeah, I think the first thing to acknowledge is that it can be incredibly difficult for a lot of different reasons we've outlined, 
But if you've been isolated, if you have been reliant on that person to bolster your self-esteem because they also made it sink to the ground, um, it's hard to leave. Mm. So the first thing you should do is come up with a plan, a plan of action. Um, assess the safety of the relationship. So toxic romantic relationships can vary in intensity and the behaviors that emerge in them. So if your partner is prone to violence, physical violence, hitting, like ag aggressive behavior in that capacity, definitely come up with a plan, assess your safety. You might just have to disappear one day. Um, that's on the extreme end. On you know, toxic relationships that haven't been potentially life-threatening yet, um, which I would like to add that behaviors tend to escalate over time. So something that starts mm -hmm. small will eventually become a large behavior that you cannot ignore. Um, but for people getting out, talk to your friends. If you have supportive friends and family, um, tell them what's going on, help them, have them come up with a plan with you. Most importantly, cease contact with that person. Now, this is difficult if you have a child that adds a whole new equation, but for people who do not have children with a toxic partner, cut all contact. I'm talking social media, block them on everything, block their friends, get rid of you know, clothing items that they got you or pictures or whatever it may be. And even if you, you know, if it's cathartic for you to burn them, go ahead and do it. But even if you just need to pack them away in a box and be like, I can't deal with this right now. I don't want these emotional triggers. Get rid of all of that and seek counseling. Um, it might not hit you until you're a bit out of the relationship just how bad it was because when you're in it it's been normalized like this is your everyday mm -hmm. life but once you're on the outside you're like okay that was super messed up and i just went along with it so mm -hmm. um you know be kind to yourself um, obviously i study toxic romantic relationships for a reason right um so I've been on many sides of this. I've been in the toxic romantic relationship and I've been a friend on the outside watching my friend go through a toxic romantic relationship. And it can be very frustrating for friends. It can be like mind boggling. Like I came across a, <laughs> a diary entry from like 10 years ago talking about oh, no. how I couldn't believe my friend was still with this guy and he was cheating on her and all of these things. Um, so if you try to get out, lean on your family and friends, lean on a support system, try to seek counseling. Um, mm. There's some great sources as well. So there's this really cool app and it's called My Plan. And it basically, it does a little quiz, a little assessment, like how toxic is your relationship basically? <laughs> and then it helps you figure out what steps you need to take to get out of that relationship. Um, there's also some websites you can go to. So One Love is a great foundation, loveisrespect.com. There's also the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Um, there's, there's a lot out there. So don't feel like you're alone. Like you have people that you can lean on. 
Yeah, and, and we, we talked about that when, when Dr. Ray came on and we talked all about social support. It's very difficult to know that you're in a toxic relationship while you're in it. And I think that a lot of times after the fact, people forget to do that self-care or that, that work on the back end. And you think like, oh, I got out of this relationship and therefore it's over. But unfortunately, people aren't robots. People are humans. And, you know, you know, there's trauma to unpack and there are issues that need to be discussed. And so, yes, um, it's it's more than just getting out of the relationship. It's paying attention yeah. to yourself. And, you know, just from my own personal um, experience and advice, if you get out of a toxic relationship, um, one of the worst things that you could do is just jump back into another relationship um, because you're carrying with you a lot of baggage um, that you may not even know you have. So very important to to pay attention to yourself in that way, as we've talked about on this show many, many times. Um, yes. We have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, you talked a little bit about being a friend of somebody who's in this relationship. What can we yeah. do when we are the friend and we know someone's in a toxic relationship, but perhaps they're reluctant to leave or they don't see the red flags or they just want to pretend that it doesn't exist? What can we do? So patience is the number one thing i can say patience 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 so i have been a friend on the situation but i mean also my mom had to deal with me in a toxic romantic relationship and it was agonizing for her and it can be very painful for friends to see their loved ones going through this treatment so what you want to do is approach your friend privately without their partner around in a safe location and just start a friendly conversation with them. You know, maybe compliment them, say, oh, I miss hanging out with you, you're so much fun, whatever it may be, an easier way into talking about the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and make sure that you focus on specific behaviors. So, you know, oh, it seems like, you know, whenever you're out, they're constantly trying to call you. Um, you know, how does that make you feel? Or I noticed that your partner tries to tell you what to wear. Mm -hmm. What do you want to wear? And just kind of subtly work up to that and say, I'm here for you. I want to support you. But importantly, let them have their autonomy. Let them make the decisions because that's something that a lot of people in toxic romantic relationships lack. Mm -hmm. They have been controlled. So it's really important that you don't try and control your friend or force them to do something that they're not ready to do. Yeah. When they're ready to leave, they'll leave. That's such a good point. Um, the last thing that somebody who is under the, let's call it the spell of a toxic individual, the last thing that they need is somebody else grabbing onto their other extremity and pulling in the opposite direction, right? The, the goal here is to allow them to um, uh, attain control, right. And kind of guide them to that control. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I think part of why I think love addiction is such a fascinating idea is because it helps people outside of that relationship understand why people are staying mm -hmm. in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and hopefully it destigmatizes thing. A lot of people blame the, the target of the, you know, manipulation, the abuse, whatever you want to say. Um, and, and we really shouldn't be. It's, you know, they, they ask, why do they, why did you stay? Mm -hmm. um, and I can't recall who 
but someone just said, why don't they ask the person, why are you holding your partner hostage? And I was like, that's like a much better way of looking at this situation than victim blaming. Right. That's what we want to avoid. We don't want to. I mean, again, it's it's the sort of thing, if you're in a toxic relationship, it's not necessarily your fault, but there is a degree of responsibility here. Uh, the last thing we want to do is start blaming people who are victims right now. Um, and in fact, if you know, if you have a friend who you notice engages in toxic behavior, uh, it's always OK to engage in what I call a nabra moment where you see somebody <laughs> acting inappropriately and you say, nah, bruh, let's, let's not do that. Let's not behave like that. Let's not act like that today. And um, see, see what kind of reaction you know, we get um, because the onus, unfortunately, in many ways is on us to stop these sorts of toxic behaviors. And yeah. that is of, that's, of course, going to lead into a discussion about the sorts of transgressions that we engage in when we are in these close relationships, which is, of course, our topic for next week. But believe it or not, we're out of time. So, Callie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute joy. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. We are going to be double dipping over the next few weeks um, with guests <laughs> and doing roundtables and some more fun stuff. But for now, that's just about all the time we've got. Next time, we are going to talk about relational transgressions and how those impact our relationships. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.